0: Or
1: listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons Podcast. You can visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Down, friends. It's so good to be here with you this Christmas season. All of you here in the room, those of you on Zoom. I'm not sure if we have anyone on the patio today, um, but yeah, it is. It's fun to be here singing some Christmas songs and really just kind of leaning in on that. Uh, And of course, today we also have our business meeting after the service, so hope you guys can stay around for that so we can do all sorts of family celebrating and updating. Uh, We are City Church of Long Beach, where we're a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. And if there's possibly someone in the room I haven't had a chance to meet yet, I'm Brenna Rubio. I'm one of the co-pastors here, and we're just super glad that we get to be here together. I think we have. uh, We love celebrating our kids every Sunday. We think they are pretty awesome. Uh, And so we want to pray for them before there's an opportunity if they want to go out and do story and craft and all that kind of fun stuff with our leaders. So our friend Vijay Bakru is going to come up and pray for our kids right now. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. uh thank you god for the opportunity this morning to gather as a community Uh, please bless us parents with patience and energy uh, so that we can live in grace and practice gratitude and feel purposeful as we live our daily lives with our children and our families. We ask that you bless our kids, that they may feel safe and welcome here, at school, at home, and in their communities, that their curiosity, especially at this time of year, is encouraged, that they know that they are loved, and that God and their ancestors watch over them. Amen.
1: Hey, Vijay, Um, have you ever prayed in church before? that
0: was the first time
1: he did awesome right <laughs> thanks for doing that hey kids if you want to go out with vj and all the other leaders you're welcome to do that We appreciate you <laughs> oh, and would you welcome up uh, our friend bill white who's going to be speaking this morning hey.
0: Yeah, I'm Bill White. I'm the other co-pastor here, and it is really good to, uh, to be with people, uh, really good to be back. So I've been out of town for whew, 10 days um, taking care of my mom, who's on hospice. Mom, I don't know if you're online. I didn't check, but if so, hi. Um, and uh, it's really sweet uh, to be back with you, although it was really sweet to be with her as well um we are in a sermon series right now where we're looking at the women in the line of jesus Uh, in matthew chapter one there's this genealogy in it and it goes through all these names um and in in the old way they would only mention the the men the the fathers Uh, but in this genealogy they they break form and it includes a number of key women and today we're looking at Rahab, who is on that list. And uh, it, it's really this, this strange... Ge- I mean, you wouldn't think of a genealogy as being particularly significant or provocative. And yet, in so many ways, this, this list of grandparents of Jesus, uh, it's very subversive. It's quite rebellious. Uh, and it shows a different way to think about the world. And so we get invited into that. And so today we're looking at Rahab. And uh, I want to invite everyone, there's a link in the Zoom, and I'll put it in our devotions this week, uh, to listen to a fantastic sermon on Rahab that I am not going to give uh, because uh, Wilda Gaffney gave it. And it, I mean, you're just going to, you're, it's amazing. So the link is there. Um, so this is not Will DeGaffney. This is Bill White. And there's a certain irony that, that you're getting me. Um, you know, the yeah, there's a certain irony that we're talking about the women in the lineage of Jesus who are upending the patriarchal structures of the world, and yet it's your, you know, <laughs> straight white male authoritative pastor who's going to tell you how to do it. So we just, we're just going to hold all that, right? We're just going to hold the tension and live into that and be like, okay, all right, it's fine. Um, we're, we're going to be okay. Uh, so I would like to invite up our friend, uh, Raylene Pacheco, who's going to read scripture for us. If you would welcome Raylene. Uh, and around the city church, we typically stand in honor of God and God's word as it's read. So, if you would like to stand, that would be fun. Great, thanks.
1: Yeah, oh, uh, just make it. They don't. They don't know. That's that's true. We've got Joshua two verses one through five. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over there. Go look over the land. He said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered a house of the prostitute named Rahab
0: and stayed there. The King of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy on the land. So the King of Jericho sent his message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came here to me, but I did not know where they had come from at dusk when it was time to close the city gate they left i don't know which way they went go after them quickly you may catch up with them people of god this is the word of god you may be seated so so in this uh in this story uh, the Israelites are waiting outside of the, the promised land, and Joshua, the, the leader, sends in these two spies to check out the, uh, the land. And they, they go into this one city called Jericho, and they, uh, they land at Rahab's place for a while. Um, and the king, realized, the king of Jericho realizes that they're there and is going to try to, you know, take them out. Uh, but Rahab hides them, they're saved, uh, and, and in the ensuing battle, she gets rescued by the Israelites, and she ends up marrying an Israelite, having children, and those children on down the line, one of them becomes Jesus. So she wasn't Jewish, um, and she wasn't part of sort of God's people, she was not part of the in-crowd, so to speak, the religious in-crowd. Um, and she's, <clears throat> so here, here she is. And Rahab, um, in Scripture, she's always called the prostitute. Kind of a lovely way to kind of be known, right? So when, when you see her name showing up, she, it's, it's always Rahab the prostitute. So in Joshua 2.1, it, it talks about go to the house. They stayed in the house of a prostitute named Rahab. And then later... Uh, later, when the king is trying to find these two guys, they say, go to the the prostitute's house. Now, she doesn't even have a name at that point. And then a little bit down the line into into the New Testament, when there's this list of great people of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, again, it mentions the great faith of Rahab the prostitute. And then in James which is uh, one of the early church leaders writing about how to have faith. He says, you should have faith like that prostitute, Rahab. And just gets kind of annoying, like over and over again, like we're just going to call this woman a prostitute. Like that's, that's her identity. Of course, it seems to be a lot of men using that designation, but... Um, There is one place, however, there's one place where that's not her name. And that's in this genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy of Jesus. There, it mentions Rahab, and she's not named a prostitute. She's just named Rahab, and she's named a mother. Oh, she's so much more, right? She's a mom. And then as, as you read that text, she's the mom of Boaz, who was a key leader in, in Israel. She's an influencer of influencers. Right? You also notice that she's part of what God is doing in the world, that she's in this lineage in, in Matthew chapter 1, this, this whole line of, of God's reign and rule coming on the earth. Like That's who she is. She's so much more. And that she's actually part of God's family. She's a beloved daughter, a beloved family member. Rahab is so much more than what we've called her. Now, I mean, I've been in church work for like a thousand years, right? Uh, And... It's always been Rahab the prostitute. But maybe there's some different ways to think about her. And maybe there are some different ways to think about you. Maybe you've always been called something. It's just always gone along with your name. But maybe you're more than that. Right? And, And maybe you're more than sort of the worst thing you've ever done or the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Maybe when when Jesus calls and and God says, "I, I see you and brings you into this line, into this family, God recognizes, no, you're an influencer, an influencer of influencers. You're a mother, a caregiver, a leader. You're part of the very kingdom of God. You're a rebel who's actually, your very name is upending a patriarchal system that only gives males authority in families. Maybe she's more than that. Maybe you're more than what you've always been, whatever that is. And, the, you know, the double standard here is, is just, uh, you can't get around it, right? So Rahab is known this certain way, but, but the guys who go and visit Rahab, they're always referred to as the spies. They're referred to according to their mission, not according to their morality. Very convenient that men get to name themselves that way, right? You can think of certain names that, that sometimes are associated with women, and they're not those same kinds of names associated with men. And you kind of wonder, I wonder who wrote these texts. I wonder what kind of influence. Like, what, what's going on here? This double standard. And yet again, when it comes to being part of the family of God, there's just one standard. It's a standard of being beloved. Of being part of. Of actually having influence because you're made in the image of God and because you're chosen. So I'd like to suggest a couple other key ways that we might think about this awesome woman named Rahab. In the passage, we didn't... We didn't get quite that far, but in the passage, what happens is um, the, the spies, we'll put that in quotation marks, but really they were just guys who like to use women, right? I mean, when they showed up in town, where did they go? It literally says the first place they went in Joshua 2.1 is like, they went and lodged at Rahab the prostitute's house. They lodged there. The the Hebrew word means to lie down in an active sort of way. (gasps) These are these are, they're sure they're spies. I mean they're pretty poor spies, but they're sure they're men who like to use women. Okay, so they show up and Rahab grabs them and says, "Look." They don't even have the wherewithal to know what's really going on. She grabs them, and she says this in Joshua 2, 9, and 11. She says, I know that Yahweh has given your people this land. For Yahweh, your God, is God in heaven above and on earth below. This is Rahab, who's, she's not of the tribe of Israel. She's, she's not of the people of Israel. She's That's not her people. But she has her own relationship with God. She knows their God's name. She's had interactions with God. She's heard from God. She knows God personally. She knows God's plans. Like, hey, I've seen how this is going to unfold. I've had conversations. I'm in on it. God's brought me in. What if we named Rahab the one who knows God's plans. W- what if that's how we we knew her? Wouldn't that be amazing? And there there's there's some of us here, right, who We may not think of ourselves as big spiritual giants, right? And some of us here don't claim to have a a deep heritage in this Christian faith. But there's a reason why you show up. And maybe God's doing something more in you than what God's doing in me. Maybe we need to pay attention to that. I mean, Vijay, this is his first time ever praying in church, right? He doesn't come from a Christian background. But he's on this journey, and that prayer was awesome, Right? And you think, huh, wow, maybe there's, there's more to Vijay. Maybe there's more to you. Maybe there's more to the people that, that we've written off or that we've labeled and categorized and, and put in this little, simple, moral box. Rahab the one who knew God's plans. And then let's think a little bit about Rahab as a rebel leader. Right, so the the king of her city, they they were city-states at, at in that time period in that place. The the king of her city Sends messengers to the prostitute's house, right? At that point, she doesn't even have a name, to go find these spies, these men of who like to use women. And, and she receives that, and she is quick. She, she's like, man, I'm, I, she's quick on the draw. She's smart. She's clever. She's a risk taker. And she cares about justice because she realizes these two guys are going to get killed. Like they're done. And so she sticks her neck out and she says, I'm going to protect them. This is Rahab, the rebel leader. Rahab, who is standing up to those in authority, speaking truth to power. Although it's funny, if you listen to the truth, she speaks to power. It's a lie. Because what does she say? She says, oh, you know, they did come, but they left. They went over here. Why don't you go find them? They're actually spending the night on her roof at that point. So speaking truth to power, this this is very interesting. There's some moral ambiguity here. And Rahab is unafraid to enter into it. She just steps right into that moral ambiguity. Like, yep, I'm going to go ahead and lie for the glory of God. And I'm going to misdirect the oppressor for the sake of the oppressed. I'm going to do what's just and what's right, even though technically it's immoral. She's a leader. She steps into this kind of... I don't know. I, I just think about myself and my upbringing that so many times I... I wanted everything neat and clean. It's either good or bad. It was helpful too. There were good and bad people, right? Good people, bad people. It was was a wonderful way to live. Um, It makes, you just don't have very much anxiety, (laughs) right? It's so nice. It's either right or it's wrong. And you know, and you don't have to spend, you don't have to waste your time thinking And you certainly don't have to waste your time, like, interacting with the bad people. You're just, it's super clear. Rahab shows a different way. I mean, it's not like the the guys with the, you know, who, who like to use women who came from Israel. Like, it's not like they were great guys. But she still protects them. And by standing up to her king, some of her friends were lost in the conflict. It was messy. It was a morally ambiguous situation. No one's all good. No one's all bad. Rahab enters into that and discerns what is most just. What is the best way to move forward? What, what is actually loving? There's a reason why she shows up in, in the genealogy of Jesus. Is because she's a hero. This is what heroes do. Heroes, it's not easy. It's not easy to to actually do what's best. And so many times it's a cop-out just to do what's quote-unquote right. But Jesus doesn't say that we always should do what's right. He says we should always do what's loving and that is messy, and I'm sorry, particularly parents, if you have children in the room, and I'm saying all this stuff about, you know, not. but, but it's, you know, this is the nuance of, of, of parenting, right? How to teach our children, how to teach ourselves, how to enter into these morally ambiguous situations where it's not just selfish gain that we're after, it's actually after what's best. So we're not going long today. It's it's a very brief message because we have an all-church meeting that's going to be very simple but really significant for us to know, know ourselves and our stories. But I want to just lift up for you, Rahab. I want you to think about her. I want you to take her with you this week. This woman who was misnamed who was categorized, Who is labeled, who was put in this box and set aside. And yet God saw so much more in her. So that we could look at ourselves and realize, where have I been categorized? Where have I been labeled? And where do I label? And God is doing so much more. So that we might see our own lives as an invitation To do justice to enter into the moral ambiguity of our lives with love with care of actual humans and along the way to be the ones who listen for god the ones who know yahweh who know god's plans who are part of god's grand enterprise to bring healing and hope and justice forgiveness redemption to this whole planet we we actually get to be a part of that no matter how we've been called that's our